folks, it's Wednesday, July 20th. You are tuned in to episode 13, Baker's Dozen episode of the Teddy Roosevelt Show. First show in a week, Teddy had to take a break. I probably should have posted something on Substack. Needed to give my brain and heart a break from covering the latest events of the clown world. You know, and you just realize we have the dumbest leaders the dumbest leaders in the history of Western civilization running the most powerful countries on the planet. I mean, just look at the North America with with Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau, but you look at what's going on. We've discussed, um, everyone's talking about the heat wave. Everyone's talking, oh my God, the heat wave. You know why everyone's freaking out in England about the heat wave? 90%, you know how many people in America have air conditioning? 90% of Americans have air conditioning. In the UK, 5%. 5% of the whole population has air conditioning. And the people who do have air conditioning, it's only often just a one room. You know, they have the living room cool down. And so it's usually in the mid-70s, low 70s there, and it's 100 degrees. So people are going to freak out. But they're acting like heat waves are not a normal part of the atmosphere, which they are. Look back, the hottest Julys in history were three um, years in the 1930s, 1936, 34, and 31, 2012, and 1901. The 1901 heat wave was insane. And think about it, the Model T, the first car, which they you know attribute so much of the climate change and global warming to, cars didn't even exist. The Industrial Revolution was late eight, 1870s, 1880s, so... Factories had only existed for 15 or 20 years in 1901. And this heat wave was so severe and deadly. You had places like Philadelphia, where I grew up outside of Philadelphia. It's beautiful in the summer. They had 12 straight days over 90 degrees. Uh, in Philly and nearby Wilmington, Delaware, it got as hot as 109 degrees. Imagine how bad people would be freaking out in 2012 if Philadelphia and Joe Biden's hometown of Wilmington, Delaware, got as hot as Phoenix, 109 degrees. Actually, it's like 113 or 115 in Phoenix today. The heat wave spread in New York City. And keep in mind, in 1901, they had no air conditioning and no sanitation. Um, people were freaking out so bad they were committing suicide because they were just so emotionally disturbed by the hot weather and there was no air conditioning. Um it was really bad. It's still the hottest month in history in Kentucky and West Virginia. I mean, you had places like Louisville hit 107 degrees, Chicago 103 degrees, Indianapolis 106 degrees. They just abandoned farm work. Um, so the poor sections of the population, the poor poor people, they had to eat canned vegetables because there wasn't enough fresh produce because it was too hot to work the fields. Uh, most factories were closed by the beginning of July. Um, the ones that were allowed to operate, they, were, they had to permit their workers to wear light gymnastic uniforms as they were the only cooler alternative to the three-piece suits, which were considered polite dress at the time. So 1901 was really bad. 9,500 people died. And again, this is when factories hardly started. Um, there was no cars. Were they saying, oh my God, we have 10 years left to change the way that we're living, or Philly is going to be 120 degrees by the 1930s? No. Heat waves just happened, folks. 1936, that's still 
uh, the worst heat wave. I mean, and keep in mind, this is in the middle of the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. You want to talk about humoring human suffering? Dude, we have it easy. I mean, 5,000 people died. All the c- crops in the mid uh, Midwest, heat and lack of, of rain, they just dried up. The fields went fallow. I mean, the record high temperatures in 1936, and again, the Model T only came out in 1908. Um, there's no way the atmosphere adjusted and, and, and caused this heat wave. It just happens, folks. Heat waves happen. I mean, during the 1936 heat wave, it hit 121 degrees in Steele, North Dakota. I don't even know where Steele is in North Dakota. I only know where Bismarck is. But it doesn't hit 121 degrees Fahrenheit in North Dakota that often. It's still the record. 121 degrees in 1936. Ohio, it hit 110 degrees. The provinces of Ontario and Manitoba and Canada hit 110 degrees. Chicago hit 100 degrees on eight days in a row. Uh, Places in Illinois hit 100 degrees for 18 days in a row. I mean, do you think people were freaking out that we have to make all this? No, they had the Dust Bowl. They had the Great Depression. Oh, and guess what? World War II was coming up. So here's the crazy thing about 1936. It remains the warmest summer on record in the USA. An official record started in 1895. However, the interesting thing, February 1936 was the coldest February on record. So think about that. You had the coldest February ever. Five of the 12 months were below average. The winter was one of the most brutal winters. And then you had the hottest summer where it hit 121 degrees in North freaking Dakota. So, and keep in mind, hardly any air conditioning at all. Crop failure. Corn and wheat prices went up. Droughts and heat waves, the Dust Bowl. Folks, that was not caused by the Model T. It's caused by... The the weather just fluctuates, folks. The weather is unpredictable. That's one of the cool things about living on Earth is you don't know. I'm doing this show from Austin, Texas. Again, the mothership is teddybroosevelt.substack.com. You can stream this podcast live on every major streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, if there's one I'm not on. Hit me up. Where are the comments? Where are the comments on my Substack? I know there's, I can see the 30 or so people who subscribe to the email. Half of them listen to the show or they open it up. It says downloads. There's been over 300 downloads of the podcast, 12 episodes. So people are listening. Folks, give me some feedback. What do you like? What do you don't like? Hit me up, teddybroosevelt.substack.com. You can go there, put in your email, get the fresh episode, about an hour before it hits, probably 30 minutes before it hits Spotify and the, and the major services. Apple's usually a little slower. But, um, man, you just look. February 1936. Coldest on record still. Iowa, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. Keep on. The coldest wi- uh, uh, winter on record in North Dakota, and they hit 121 degrees that July. Were they freaking out? We have to farm our crops differently. We have to shut down all the factories. Or 1940s... In 1950s, the, it's, it's going to be unlivable. It's going to be 150 degrees in Philadelphia and North Dakota. No. Weather changes, folks. It's unpredictable. Doing this show from Austin, Texas. You know what? Last summer in Austin, we had one degree or one day over 100 degrees. It was the third rainiest summer in Austin history. 
29 of the 90 days in the meteorological, meteorological, June, July, and August, that 90-day period from June 1st to the end of August, I think they call that the meteorological, I don't know why I'm all tongue-tied about that word, Um, first podcast in a week, folks, six days, Um, that period, it rained 29 days, June, July, and August, one out of three days. It was cool. It was rainy. I came back to Austin after being in Arkansas, and it was just everything was green. The greenest I've ever seen it. I first came to Austin 20 years ago. I've lived here off and on since 2008. Was anyone saying last summer, oh, my God, global cooling is here? Global cooling and the rain. The Our, our summers are never going to be the same. Um, no, the weather changes, folks. 1936, the ocean was freezing as far as the Chesapeake Bay as far south as the Chesapeake Bay. I mean, the it, the average temperature in North Dakota was negative seven degrees for January. I mean, it, it, it hit negative 58 degrees in South Dakota, places that hit their coldest levels ever. And then that summer was the hottest summer ever. Were they freaking out about climate change then? No. The whole conversation is being kidnapped. And you see, as soon as it gets warm, we have a little heat wave, which there's been... Every freaking decade that the United States has existed, look at look at 1980, there's a real bad heat wave. But go back 1901, 1936, when there were hardly any factories, hardly any cars, the temperatures fluctuated and people weren't freaking out. And that's what you have to realize. The Green New Agenda, been reading a ton of books, folks, been reading a ton of books. I did not take a vacation. I've been reading um, a lot about the Green New Scam and uh, that video I do have coming on the way, folks. I promise you I was going to be on Twitter. Got suspended. My suspension's off. Um, I've got this video on turbines. Turbines are the biggest. I've, I've reached the conclusion that the, the wind turbines have a net negative impact on society. But the whole Green New Agenda is to accelerate the Great Reset, redistribute money and make our lives miserable that is not a conspiracy theory this is being pushed i mean look what they're doing in europe right now basically in europe they're gonna have three choices because uh july 22nd as i talked about on the show um earlier this month is putin gonna turn the Nord Stream pipeline back on i mean today the eu said let me let me give you the, the three choices. What the EU said today, hey, everyone's got to cut their gas 15% or we're going to freeze this winter. They're telling people. Basically, they're going to come to come to three 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 choices here. Drop the sanctions and support for Ukraine after they've been telling us, "Oh, Ukraine's the ghost of Kiev. They're doing so great." You don't hear much about Ukraine's, you know, um heroic uh soldiers that much anymore because they're getting their ass kicked. I mean, Russia's doing the slow burn and Ukraine's losing. Oh, by the way, did you see Zelensky's going to default? He just said, big surprise, an actor, a comedic actor in charge of one of the top three most corrupt countries is going to default <laughs> on the billions of dollars. Hey, let's send him, what, $400 billion, $700 billion? It's just clown money. I can't even comprehend um, the amount of money we're sending over there. So they've got three choices. Drop the sanctions against you uh, and support for Ukraine. Drop the Russian sanctions and the support for Ukraine. Freeze your ass off this winter. Um, you know, if you're if you're gonna keep, you, you basically have a choice. Are you gonna keep the factories going or are you gonna keep the people in their homes warm? And if that's your choice, 
how are people in the factory going to have income to pay their bills to even stay warm? Um, the third option is turn back all the stuff that they turned off. That means crank up the nuclear reactors, crank up the coal plants. I just saw Germany's, I think they're doing 17, 17, uh, uh, you know, 11 were dormant, seven they're, they're firing up again or they're not going to close. Um, or 10 of them were dormant, seven they're, they're not going to close now. So they're going back on, on that. Um, but you know, the, the laws of physics and thermodynamics are at play here, folks, where it doesn't matter. You, you can't survive a cold winter in the Alps without heat or food. You just can't. And I don't care. The Green New Agenda, let me, let me preface this uh, by saying no one loves the Earth more than me. I've got the photos to prove it. One of the reasons why I named my gnome de plume, my... Uh, uh, alias on social media, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, is after America's most beloved president of all time, Theodore Roosevelt, who is one of the greatest earth lovers, nature lovers that's ever existed. I had the opportunity when I was a young lad, my parents took me to Sagamore Hill, Teddy, Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt's uh, home, his summer home on Long Island. And uh, you got to see all of the um, taxidermy, all the stuffed buffalo heads from all of his trips hunting around the world. He went to Africa, everywhere, and he had all this, and he was stuffing them himself. Like, even when he was a little kid, he was into ornithology and super into birds. In fact, I think Teddy Roosevelt wrote, like, the definitive book on ornithology. Um, he wrote the definitive book on naval warfare. I mean, and he started the National Park Service. One of my favorite, uh, you got to read the, uh, uh, Edmund Morris wrote a trilogy on Theodore Roosevelt, and it is the best trilogy I've ever read. How many trilogies did I read? Lord of the Rings, I think, is the only one when I was a nerdy 13-year-old. Uh, How often do you read a trilogy? But Theodore Roosevelt's life is so fascinating, and he goes to meet with John Muir, um, Muir Woods, famous uh, Sierra Club. And they meet up in Yosemite, and Teddy Roosevelt's freaking out about how amazing Yosemite is. He's like, take me, you know, show me around, show me around. And they just start bolting up, and they <laughs> running up the hill, and they lost. I don't know if they had Secret Service. I think they had Secret Service back then. Teddy, They basically left, uh, you know, Teddy's protective um, Secret Service guys in the dust. And him and John Muir just took off in the hills of Yosemite, in the mountains of Yosemite, like two kids. Um you know, in, in, in nature's most beautiful playground. If you've never been to Yosemite, that is, without a doubt, the most beautiful place I've ever been to on this earth. I've only been to about five countries. I've been all over the United States, 41 of the 50 states, 42 of the 50 states I've been to, and hiked pretty much every major mountain range in this country. Appalachians, Blue Ridge, Smoky Mountains, Cascade Mountains, Rocky Mountains, you name it. And they were sleeping under a tree, a pine tree with the snow and the and the boughs of the pine tree were keeping them, keeping them fresh. And anyways, that inspired Teddy Roosevelt to start the National Park Service. So I want to say no one loves the earth more than me. No one loves hiking more than me. But if we're going to do this Green New Agenda, 40 years, it's literally, we probably got about 25, 30, 40 years before this technology um, exists where it, 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 it could be 
a legitimate alternative to fossil fuels. It just ain't there yet, folks. There's no way to store solar or wind. It's so unreliable and intermittent. Um, and I just, going back to the whole Green New Agenda, Green New Reset, there's a lot of useful idiots here who, you know, <clears throat> what what you're taught as a kid stays with you. Um, and it's almost like I've met and I dated a woman who was in the Mormon church in Utah and her family was devout Mormons, super hardcore Mormons. And she had like six siblings and like four of the six like escaped Mormonism and, 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 um, you know, just, 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 just denounced it. So it's almost like blasphemy for people who were, and I'm, and I'm religious and believe in God and I'm a Christian and just want to clarify that I have nothing against organized religion. In fact, I think we need more of it. Um, and Mormons are great people. Seriously. If you want great neighbors, you never have to worry about calling the cops or anything. Go live in a Mormon community. You don't hear a lot about smash and grabs and shootings in Utah that much because there's a lot of Mormons there. And it's one of the cleanest, nicest states you could live in. Beautiful state. Um, but there's a lot of useful idiots out there that were brainwashed from the time they were in kindergarten. That uh, the planet's going to, you know, they're, they're from the AOC mentality. Unless we do this, this, and this by... 2032 or whatever it was 10 years from now what well, we're at the point of no return there's nothing we can do that is a fallacy no scientist would agree there is a deadline that we must meet by a certain day at 11:59 p.m on december 31st 2034 if we don't do this this and this and cut our carbon emissions we're on a point of no return it's going to be 150 degrees in philadelphia uh in, by the 2050s no that that's not the case um, but they don't know any better. They don't know any better. They've been taught from the time they were in kindergarten, first grade, that this is this is this is really happening, and uh, it's 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 just not there. Who doesn't? And I mentioned this before. Everyone would want it. Clean energy. Who wouldn't want it? Who doesn't want clean air? Cleaner air? Cleaner water? A cleaner, cheaper way to produce energy? I mean, come on, folks. Who do you think we are? Do you think we hate the earth? Do you think we want to live in a dirtier a place with dirtier air, dirtier water? No, but if we if we accelerate it, and Joe Biden's supposed to declare a climate emergency, and I'll have a little bit on that uh, coming up, um, we're not going to have the ability to even get to Yosemite. How the hell are you going to get to Yosemite? Um, you know, it, what is the, what's the line going to be for the electric car charging station in between San Francisco Airport and uh, Yosemite? It's about a three and a half, four hour drive. You're not going to get there on one charge on a car. You're going to break down. You're going to run out of uh, electricity. So what are they going to have? 300 electric car chargers in Yosemite National Park? Or is gas going to be $20 a gallon? Um, and you're not even going to be able to afford if you're just a basic family to even go visit the park because it's going to cost you $300 in gas. I mean, that's the most amazing thing. Probably the most amazing thing about the most amazing country in the history of the earth is the terrain. We have the most beautiful, diverse terrain um, and, and cultures, but terrain from the Great Lakes, to the Sahara Desert, to the Pacific Northwest and Puget Sound, to the Everglades in Florida, um, and so many 
bountiful riches and resources from minerals to oil, fossil fuels. We're blown, we're throwing it all away for some for some nonsense that's not grounded in science. And a lot of these people, oh, expert scientists, especially in the local news, you see, hey, we talked to a local energy expert here in Austin. He's from like the Solar Foundation of America or Clean Energy United. No shit he's gonna tell you solar power is saving the grid right now. It's a lie. It's a total lie. We need more natural gas because solar's not reliable. The thing about wind and solar, when you need them most, they're not around. When you need them in the winter, when it's super cold, cold, the solar's not there. The solar is weak and it's dark for most of the most of the winter. When you need wind the most on the hottest day, usually on the hottest stifling day, there is no breeze. That's why it sucks so bad. So you can't rely on them. I mean, wind is kicking ass the last two days I saw here in Austin. Then you have a day like a week ago where it only hit 736 megawatts between like two and three o'clock or noon and one. Well, the capacity is 35,000. So if it's only 700, it's only generating, it's 35,000 uh, capacity, that's 0.8% of the production. And they consider anything under like around 11 normal. So they're happy in the summer with only 3,500 of the 30, 35,000. They're like, that's okay. No one mentioned that it went to under 1%, which is an extreme, that's an, like the extreme alert. The two main reasons why Texas was under the conservation grid warning that no one in the mainstream media and hardly anyone in the local media is talking about is cloud cover affecting the solar panel generation and lack of wind, lack of wind number one. I mean, obviously there's an increased, I mean, Texas invited, you know how much I hate the, the Bitcoin mining um, using up energy here. If you go to teddybroosevelt.substack.com, probably the two most read articles I've written since I launched it at the end of March were... Uh, Governor Abbott and Ted Cruz taking a big fat check um, from the crypto lobbyists to invite them all here after they got kicked out of China and India. Then they offered, all, even though Tesla, Oracle, Samsung, they're all looking to move to Texas anyways because of the cheap power and the cheap land. They're like, hey, we'll give you all kinds of free incentives, tax incentives. You should see the sweetheart deal Austin gave to Oracle and Tesla, why are we giving like two Fortune 500 companies millions of dollars in tax breaks and subsidies? And I get it. You want to lure companies here, but I'm pretty damn sure Elon Musk, he said, hey, Tesla's going to be the, or Austin's going to be the biggest boom town in 50 years. He was, for the next 50 years, he was already planning and now he's moved everything here. I don't know if you know, he moved Boring Company to Bastrop, um, SpaceX, Tesla, Neuralink, he's moving it all here. So he was out of California. Um, he, or he, was, he was moving most of the operations here. So if Joe Biden declares a national emergency over climate change, the, and, and basically he would ban U.S. crude oil exports, end offshore drilling, speed up the manufacturing of electrical vehicles, it's going to send gas prices through the roof, folks. You think they're bad now? Um... We're going to piss off our European allies who the only reason I think they're still paying attention to us, they have to be talking behind our backs, is because our military might and our economic might and our technology might, but our 
values and ethics are degenerate. They're disturbing. I mean, there's going to be so much pain and suffering in Europe if Putin doesn't turn this pipeline back on in 48 hours. And by the way, Gazprom, the main gas provider, they issued a, I think it's pronounced force majeure. I only took three years of French one in high school, so I don't know how to pronounce that. Force majeure, where they're like, we don't have this piece back. They haven't confirmed they got this piece back from Canada, uh, the turbine back. So they're like, hey, due to circumstances out of our control, we're not going to be able to supply you with gas, most likely. And some of these European countries, they rejected it. They're like, nope, sorry, we don't accept your force majeure. You have to continue to give us gas. And now the world, you know, European leaders are saying, oh my God, Putin's weaponizing gas. Um, and he said just today, hey, it could be further reduced due to slow progress on the on equipment maintenance. Reuters claims that, that, that it's going to get turned back on, but dude, they are, we have the biggest idiots in the world. So you're going to send all this military aid and all this money to Ukraine and you're going to sanction Russia, seize private citizens' yachts, you know, drain all their bank accounts, do all this stuff to try and plunge the ruble and it backfires and goes to its seven-year high. Meanwhile, the euro's at like a 20-year low compared to the dollar. I think it's now 96 cents. If you ever want to go to Europe, see, there's there's silver linings and everything. If you ever want to go to Europe, now's your time, folks. Airbnb it all the way. It's not like going to Mexico, but it's close. It's going to get close because I'm hearing the euro's going to, if they don't turn that gas pipe on, it's going to go down to 90 cents on the dollar. Um, they're equivalent of NASDAQ and, um, you know, the Dow Jones or their, 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 you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's going to drop 20% if they think that they've got to limit the amount of gas. So you can't say, oh my God, Putin's weaponizing fuel when you just weaponized financial sanctions, and all kinds of other things. I mean, it's called war, folks. This isn't this isn't anything. Do some research on World War One, World War II. You want some more recent? Read, read about the Civil War like Rwanda and Africa, where they're at literally raping people as a... They're just going in and rape, raping, you know, killing the men, raping the women and, and, and female children. And uh, that was part of their strategy. To demoralize them and spread, oh, and spread disease. Oh, they, they, they'd make sure that people with AIDS or monkeypox or anything, read about the Rwanda Civil War. You want to talk about some brutality. That's this century, folks. That's this century. So to say, oh, you're weaponizing gas, like, welcome to war. He's declaring a war. We've treated Russia like garbage. Hey, you won't find anyone more patriotic than me <clears throat> about the, the United States and that's why I'm doing this podcast because it's such a letdown what our leaders are doing. Um, and I feel for our brothers and sisters across the pond, man. Um, who would have thought Gen X comedians like Russell Brand and Joe Rogan, uh, Dave Chappelle, there's like 10 comedians out there keeping us, um, keeping the censorship from going full steam. And uh, again, it's just crazy how Twitter's banned me three times for ivermectin. And they just came out with a, a, a new study that ivermectin just did tremendous work in, in India. And for, for, for people to ban that, I mean, have fun at the Holy Gates explaining why you banned Teddy Roosevelt for sharing information that could save lives. Seriously, try explaining that when you get to the Holy Gates Twitter people. 
So what else? If Biden <clears throat> passes this, I mean, at this point, it's just planned. He's a puppet. Have you heard Tucker saying that he's on Adderall? I mean, if he's on Adderall to, to, to do his speeches, what's he like when he's not on Adderall? I mean, he's the worst president um, in the history of the United States, certainly during our lifetimes, that we've ever seen. I mean, just stumbling, mumbling. Do you see he said he had cancer today? Said it was caused by oil. Then the then the handlers came out. Oh, no, he had just had skin cancer from the sun. So what, should we ban the sun? I, I mean, what, what's he saying? He got oil on his nose. I, I just, he's a disaster. What's he like when he's not on Adderall? Um, so you want to take his disaster of a presidency the first 18 months to the next level? Go ahead and... Uh, do executive actions, Joe Biden, on the climate after the Supreme Court already told regulators to back off. I mean, these idiots say, oh, record heat waves are melting the globe. I literally see this in Politico. It says, record heat waves are melting the globe. No, they're not. No, they're not. You know when we would be worried? If the Great Lakes were rising or lowering. And right before I got on the show, I looked at the Great Lake levels. I'm looking at them right now. Lake Superior, 1860 to 2020. The water level fluctuates every couple of years, minus a foot, up a foot. Lake Michigan and Huron, it's either three feet above or three feet below. And the, the, the normal thing is for it to fluctuate. And that's the funny thing is some of these climate idiots, they're using, there's a man-made flood reservoir here in Austin called Lake Travis. It's the most popular lake here in Austin. And people are saying, oh my God, Lake Travis is at its lowest level. I'm like, Lake Travis isn't a lake. It was a, it's built by a dam. It's a flood control reservoir that's known for fluctuating um, to extreme amounts by a hundred feet. The Great Lakes are two feet up and down. The Great Lakes aren't changing. If the Great Lakes were rising in Chicago, why is Chicago real estate on Lake Michigan so expensive? Why is the Miracle Mile and everything so close to the lakes if the weather's going to heat up and the lakes are going to rise and they're going to everyone's going to be underwater? Why aren't the Great Lakes changing from 1860 to 2020? That's 160 years, folks, and I'm looking at it. Make Lake Erie, Lake Ontario, Lake Michigan, it goes up you know, 1860 was two feet above. 1890, it's two feet below. 1905, two feet above. 1906, two feet below. Sometimes it's every other year. It's up or down a foot or two. Gee, it's probably based on the rain or the fact that weather's like a little unpredictable and it fluctuates from year to year and decade to decade. And the fact that we've only had weather keeping instruments for since 1895. And you look like in the 1930s, they had three record hot with 1936. I encourage you just do a Google search. 1936, do a DuckDuck's go search uh, on second thought. 1936 heat wave. Folks, you'll see. It, it, they had three years in a, in a five-year period where it was scorching record hot. It happens. I guarantee if we had records back to the 1700s, 1600s, there'd be days that it was 100 degrees in, in London, or maybe not London, but weather changes. There are anomalies where it gets super, super cold and super, super hot. Then sometimes you have summers like last summer where it wasn't over 100 degrees except for one time in Austin, Texas. 
and we just had our hottest May, June, and July ever. So there's also, here's what's real about global warming or the climate change. Anywhere where you have a ton of people and cement and cars and industry and buildings, this is true. Anywhere where you have an urban area with a ton of stuff that absorbs heat all day, it doesn't have a chance to release anywhere. And you look at all these temperature, um, you know, they're measuring the temperature in London at Heathrow Airport. Do you know how hot it gets when you're on the asphalt, like a tarmac, like an airport tarmac? It's like 5, 8, 10, 15 degrees hotter on the pavement. I mean, why are you putting, out of all the places to put a thermometer, unless you were trying to get to get it, like where, if you wanted to put it in the place where the hottest temperature in town was going to be, you'd put it at the airport. You've got jet exhaust, you've got cement. I mean, there's no shade and no trees for miles. I mean, if you wanted to get the highest readings, and I saw something where it's like an insane number of you know, the official meteorological, I don't know why I'm having such trouble with that word. I'm going to practice it 20 times after this show. Um, the main weather keeping instruments that they have, like an insane amount, over 50% are now at the airport. Come on, folks. Are you kidding me? That is where you'd put it if you wanted the hottest temperature. You put it somewhere where it was average, you know, somewhere in a neighborhood, maybe. I don't know. You don't put it at the airport. But it's true, if you, and I've mentioned it before, driving from Phoenix to Tucson, you get out into the desert, it's 10, 15 degrees cooler than downtown Phoenix in the middle of the summer for sure. And in cities, in New York City, if you go from New York City and then drive out to, you know, the green pastures of New Jersey, I guarantee it's way cooler, 10 degrees, 15 degrees than, than in the middle of Times Square for sure. So folks, do not fall for the climate alarmism going on with Oh my God, this is our new normal. This is our new normal. No, 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 no. Heat waves are a normal part of the atmosphere. They're a normal part of the earth, just like cold waves are. Sometimes we have mild winters. Sometimes we have freezing winters that suck. Sometimes we have mild summers. Sometimes we have brutally hot summers. They just call them heat waves. And, you know, it 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 it, it is just... By accelerating this Green New Agenda, they're going to cause so much suffering and misery, and they're going to kill the American dream. I mean, I'm sure everyone's familiar with the Marie Antoinette Let Them Eat Cake. It's like, let them drive Teslas. That's like Mayor Pete, the Transportation Secretary, total. Joe Biden, just as if he wasn't the worst president, his administration. I mean, it was all about being the first, what, gay person, black, transgender, whatever Rachel Levine is, person. That's the health secretary? Seriously, the most unhealthy woman? I think we're supposed to, I don't know what her pronouns are, their, their pronouns are. That's the health secretary? That's the most unhealthy looking human being I've ever seen. I mean, not in good shape, doesn't look healthy, looks like a basket case. Um, so yeah, the, 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 this administration, they are acting like, I think Mayor Pete came up, oh, I just saw a Chevy Volt's only $26,000. Like, A, only $26,000. That's a significant investment for a family of four if you're on a blue-collar person's income, A. B, that's for a used Volt, dude. Like, they're all backed up. You can't get any electric car. All, the basic cars um, from Ford, Chevy, Tesla, they're back-ordered. 
Um, you have a better chance of getting an electric stove or a wood-burning stove in Germany maybe than an electric car right now. And everyone's researching them. They're only good for little trips. Um, the, the amount of bullshit they're, they're slinging about these electric cars will drive you crazy. Um, it's just simply not feasible for any sort of trip of any length unless you like getting towed and getting a big tow bill. I mean, make sure you get AAA before you go. But you're going to be spending a lot of time stopping. And what better, what, what more enjoyable way to spend uh, 30 minutes in a heat wave than waiting for your car to charge. You don't want to run the AC because you're burning the electric that you're putting in there. But all of their mileage estimates, too, are based on perfect conditions with no wind. Perfect conditions with no wind. If you have any sort of wind, you know, pushing against the car, that's going to slow down the mileage. If you're running the air conditioning, that takes a big chunk out of your electric car, running the air conditioning, charging your phone, playing the stereo. That the, the Their mileage is based on the ultimate conditions, one person in the car, no wind, nothing on. It's 70 degrees with the, with the windows down. And it's just not feasible. And every state has until, I think it's August 1st is the deadline, to present their, here's our plan to put these electric car, car, uh, car charging stations every 50 miles on every state highway throughout our state. Well, that's going to benefit rich people and yuppies. You know, they claim to care about regular ordinary Americans. Most regular ordinary Americans don't own Teslas yet. That's more of a upscale, you know, it's 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 you're making six figures if you're buying a Tesla. It's not just an average Toyota Camry, to, uh, you know, Toyota Corolla purchase, Honda Accord purchase. It's not a entry level or mid-range car no 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 it, 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 it a tesla is an upscale car and the mayor pete's talking about these chevy volts for twenty-five thousand bucks yeah they're seven years old the battery is at its end of its life i mean guess how much it costs to replace the battery i don't even know i gotta research it but i guarantee it's probably about eight or ten thousand bucks and I mean, you can't plug that bad boy into your, your hair dryer. It literally, you're getting three miles per hour on that charge. So the other thing is, so it's going to be about 2000 bucks to install that level two charger in your, in your garage, but you have to make sure you have the right electrical equipment or panel in there. So oftentimes the electric guy has got to rewire and reconfigure your own, your, uh, you know, your garage. Because you can't park that bad boy outside. And, you know, you have to have a garage to put that in. You can't, like, run. I've seen one person, like, in an apartment complex run the cord out of their window and charging their car in the parking lot. It looks so stupid. I'm like, is everyone going to do that? You know, run and charge their car from the apartment? I mean, you pretty much have to have a garage to do it. So you're talking, where are you going to charge it at night if you have to park on the street? If you're in Philadelphia and you don't have a garage. There's a lot of people on the East Coast, Boston, New York, they don't have a garage. They live in a brownstone in Brooklyn. They park on the street. They fight over parking spots when it snows. You're supposed to just have a... Uh, you're supposed to put the put the um, cord out of your window or door? It's just, it's just... Dude, everyone wants this to happen, but the technology is still decades away. And it took decades to build the infrastructure of all the gas stations across this country. The interstate highway system wasn't even finished till the 1950s. Um, the Eisenhower interstate system. 
um, oil change places, car parts, so you can fix your cars, mechanics. I mean, dude, the one thing with these electric cars too, there's no, and it's almost on purpose, and for, for almost new cars, you have to go to the dealer to get it fixed. You can't go f watch a YouTube video and change your Tesla battery out. If you take a wrench to your Tesla, it voids the warranty. If you try and mess around with, tinker around with the engine, that's one of the cool things about buying a car. Like I bought a Ford Crown Vic um, at an auto auction before. The thing I loved about it, I bought it for 700 bucks at an auto auction, an old police car, put on four new tires and a battery, and it was good. I drove it for probably 150,000 miles. Didn't get the best mileage, but it was a tank, and everyone thought I was a cop, and driving at night, driving down the interstate, everyone would get to the right when you're driving down. They just recognize those familiar... Not now. The Ford Crown Vic is not a common cop car, but hey, you watch any movie from the 70s, 80s, 90s, it was the Ford Crown Vic, and people thought uh, I, don't, I could do a whole podcast on hilarious stories that I had from people who thought I was a cop, and I had aviators on, and short cropped hair, and they didn't know if I was undercover or whatever. It was hilarious. So the best part about it is you could watch a YouTube video, um, get a Chilton manual from the library, or just buy one off eBay. And the Chilton Manual has every single thing that you could do yourself. You could put on the brakes. I never got as intricate as putting on the brakes. But spark plugs, oil change, you know, I started off with, you know, start off with the basics. Windshield wipers, change your own wipers. Never pay somebody to put your wipers on, please. That's the number one thing. Women out there, don't pay anyone to put your windshield wipers on. It's the easiest thing you could do. But the beauty is you could tinker with your own car and soup it up or fix it and you could run it for for decades i mean there are so many old u.s cars um chevys and fords in south america and mexico where the odometer stopped working at eight hundred thousand miles they still are driving it and they're like why are you driving this old vehicle they're like well they got it super cheap and all they need to do is add oil gas and water and it keeps running if the part gets old or defunct, they buy a new part and replace it. So with a old car like that, like I, that used to be a big thing where people would buy an old car and soup it up, and that would be like their their man project or their hobby. I still have friends who 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 have that where they bought an old car, a '78 Camaro or whatever this badass car was that they saw Eric Estrada on chips driving on chips back in the day and. Uh, they're going to soup it up and wax it, give it a paint job, you know. It's a cool project for a, a guy like an engineer tinkering on stuff. Electric vehicle era, it's it you're going to be paying every which way cuz the price of electric's going to be outrageous if if we're not going to do it from fossil fuels or natural gas. If you're depending on your electric um being powered by wind and solar, expect to pay like 7 to 10 times the amount. I mean, it's going to be more expensive than gas, probably, uh, the way that they're going. But that's another thing is you can't you can't fix it yourself. That sucks. You can't make your own repairs. You can't do your own maintenance. So you're on the hook as soon as you get into the electric vehicle thing. If anything goes wrong with the screen on a Tesla, with the battery on a Tesla, or you got a Chevy Volt that's seven years old, you can't be like, oh, I'm just going to buy the Chevy Volt off Craigslist or Edmunds and... Uh, you know, throwing a new battery, 
you know, maybe pop some tires on there and I'll, I'll be good to go. No, you can't change out your own battery. I've never heard of it. I'm pretty sure, unless you want to avoid the warranty, I'm almost positive you got to take it to the dealer. And there's just not a lot of uh, mechanics out there, old school mechanics that are familiar with electric cars or they're not certified to work on them or you're, you, you literally void the warranty if you take a Tesla to Meineke. So the other thing is there's not a lot of people out there. We have a huge um, dearth of applicants for so-called dirty jobs. You know, people talk about diversity in the workforce. How come there's not more outrage about women not being properly represented in the trash collecting business? We talk about all these other things. We need more women sports announcers. You know, um, why isn't there talk about diversity amongst garbage men? Why isn't there more women picking up our garbage? Why? Because the thought is so hilarious. What woman would want to go out and ride on the back of a truck and pick up garbage? And it's a physically demanding job. It's because it's, it's, it's man's work. And... A lot of the new generation, they're soft. They don't like hard work, and they'd, they'd, they'd rather not do it. They don't want to be an oil roughneck. They don't want to be a garbage collector. You know, right now in Austin, the signing bonus to be working the recycling uh, trash department, $10,000 I heard on the radio. You sign up. I think you got to stay there for 90 days or six months or whatever. They're so desperate to pick up the garbage, and there's garbage all over Austin that hasn't been picked up, bulk trash. Uh, I think it was COVID. They're probably blaming it on COVID. But uh, yeah, speaking of COVID, I like getting uh, um, notifications or uh, warnings from Spotify that there's going to be COVID-19 content. Everything that I was talking about on this show, end of June, beginning of July, is all true. Negative vaccine efficacy, original antigenic sin. Um, I'm seeing uh, like 400 to 500% negative vaccine efficacy on some of the people I follow on Substack. Igor Chudoff, if you go to teddyroosevelt.substack.com, you'll see um, there's probably about a dozen writers on Substack that I recommend, and probably half of them are COVID-related. And what is their motivation, folks? I can tell it's the truth. And they are distraught at the cowardice. Um, Have you heard, you know, since I was last on, the FDA and CDC... I mean, there's a big story on uh, common sense where people are just afraid to speak up. And they're sitting there, they're 55, they're like, look, I'm going to retire and get my pension in five years. Is it really worth it for me to speak out? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. For all the people who work at the FDA and CDC who listen to the Teddy Roosevelt Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and all fine streaming platforms everywhere. Yes, there is. <laughs> you could be a hero, man. You could be a hero, and instead, you're just going along with the biggest scandal in the history of human health ever. I mean, you look at the Nuremberg Code. We came up with the Nuremberg Code after World War II. And, uh, I mean, no wonder Fauci wants to get out of there and retire right now. Because if we put him on trial for the Nuremberg Code, he's violated at least three, four, eight, however many points of it. Dude, go down the list. It's like almost every tenant of the code we have violated here in the United States or globally. I mean, there are still places here in America where you have to get vaccinated to work there. And you're starting to see a lot of vaccine regret. I don't know if you know the NBA player Andrew Wiggins, played for the uh, NBA champion Golden State Warriors, had the best season of his career, 
He didn't want to get the vax. Didn't want to get the vax. He's in San Francisco, super lib most liberal city in America, not the world. And under their mandates, and they now play in San Francisco, they moved from Oakland to San Fran uh, two years ago. Um, he wouldn't be allowed to play in their home games. So he took the vaccine, and yesterday ESPN's number two story was, oh my God, Andrew R Wiggins regrets getting vaccinated. He's happy he won the championship, but he regrets getting vaccinated. And he just said, look, I'm a healthy guy. I don't want to mess with my immune system or my physical health, and I regret putting any substance that's not fully tested the long-term ramifications into my body. And oh, by the way, did you see today, a 35-year-old um, former Notre Dame offensive lineman, played for the Fighting Irish for five years, 35 years old, healthy as a horse, went for a run, dropped dead of cardiac arrest. That's not normal, folks. I mean, you look at all these soccer players, tennis players, there's tons of videos on Rumble, um, composites of basketball players, high school, college, collapsing on the court. There wasn't this referees, tennis players. I mean, across sports genres, you just had a 50-year-old doctor that was a big deal in Canada, super healthy, trained for marathons, 50 years old, you know, was just jogging, had a heart attack and died. I mean, is, is, is that normal? I mean, who can blame Andrew Wiggins? Has a single, can anyone in the, can anyone out there name a single athlete, high school, college, or pro who died from COVID? No. If the, if the, you know, survival rate is 99.5%, what is the survival rate for an, a, a professional high school or college athlete? I mean, it's damn near 100%. What is the, you know, percentage of, of people who got the vaccine without having some sort of serious side effect? Is that 100%? I'm seeing one out of 5,000, 16 to 25-year-olds are getting myocarditis, one in 5,000. That's an acceptable number for people? Seriously? So if you had a college of 20,000 people, you're cool with four boys, men, young adults getting myocarditis? And I understand if you get myocarditis, like your life expectancy and your chance of dying, your life expectancy drops by decades and your chance of dying in the next five years after being diagnosed is tremendous. So the fact that ESPN got their panties in a bunch over Andrew Wiggins saying, I regret it. And I, I see more and more people on Twitter. I have vaccine remorse. I wish I didn't get it. Or thank God I only got the J&J. &J. The only reason I got the J&J &J was it, it was one shot. But these people were coerced into getting it. Like their employer said, look, you're going to be the only one here. You know, there, I saw a teacher. You're going to be the only teacher who isn't vaccinated. You're going to have to wear a mask the whole time. You're going to have to social distance from your students and the other teachers. You're not going to be allowed to eat in the cafeteria. All the students are going to think something's wrong with you. And they're going to think that you're sick. And some of the parents might not want their kids to be in, their, in the class. And, oh, by the way, if we're doing any job cuts, you're probably first in line, buddy. They didn't say that, but you're insinuating that. And there's a, a, a ton of people, a ton of pilots, a ton of people in the airline industry. You were forced to choose. Get the jab or lose your job. Think about that. If that's not medical tyranny, what is? Get the jab or lose your job. What are the long-term effects of this jab, sir? We don't know yet. Just take it. Well, how, how are the trials, the mRNA trials, have they ever... Has this ever been successfully done before? No. Well, there were animal trials, but all the animal trials, uh, all the animals died, so they stopped the trials. Um, 
because they were creating other viruses. I mean, what's causing the spinoffs of all these viruses? I'm seeing now there's a BA.27. I've been talking about BA4 and BA5. We're going to become super infectious. Prophecy came true. I'm not saying it's me. I'm just saying you can count on Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt to read through quality, high information resources, digest it. I have the memory of an elephant. Don't elephants have really good memories? And um, I can tell you what's going on because I'm following people. Dr. Naomi Wolf, Igor Chudoff, Alex Berenson. These people are not in it for profit. Big Pharma is in it for profit. I heard something on Rogan the other day. I think it was the Segura episode. 75% of U.S. ad spending um, annually, 75% is pharmaceutical drugs. 75%. And you look, I think I was listening to Clay and Buck the other day too, and they are just talking like these ads for pharmaceutical drugs. It always shows, you know, a couple holding hands, they're at a wedding, they're playing with their kids at the pool. And as the, you know, it's always this montage of like, it's, it's, it's not what the disease is about. It's just your family, um, it's a special event, your kids graduating from college. Oh, by the way, side effects include, you know, headache, nausea, um, seizures, uh, heart attacks, uh, possible, you know, significant death risk. I mean, the side effects are way worse than whatever the, 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 uh, the, the purported ailment it is that they, that they want to treat. And you look at these SSRIs, I'm going off on total tangents, folks. The SSRIs with these shooters, these school shooters. Why aren't there more media people talking about the link from SSR for between SSRIs and these these kids on psychotropic drugs, um, Lexapro and Prozac? It's a ton. The SSRI shootings. Just do a DuckDuckGo search for that. SSRI shootings. Tucker Carlson's the only one, one of the last journalists left on this planet. He's the only one who's mentioned it. Why aren't NBC, ABC, and CBS talking about it? CNN, MSNBC? Look at their commercials. Look at their ads. When your biggest advertisers, the guy who sells Prozac or Lexapro, are you going to do a Dateline exclusive on, you know, your biggest advertisers, drugs are making people go crazy and shoot up schools or malls? Hell no, you're not. Hell no, you're not. So... Follow the follow the truth, folks, and that's what I'm saying. This this COVID, we're never going to have zero COVID. In fact, we're going to have permanent COVID. You know who has zero COVID right now? Every country that didn't take the vaccine. <laughs> I mean, Africa, they're not having a wave of COVID. No one took the vaccine. India, they bombed it. A couple of the places bombed it with ivermectin. Everyone got it. They're like 80% of India got it. They're all in close quarters. They're not having a wave. It's the highly vaccinated countries and the highly vaccinated areas. What's suffering the worst? It was just New York um, and Boston. Now, San Francisco and L.A. It's the middle of the summer. Who gets respiratory illnesses that knock them on their ass for two or three weeks in the middle of the summer? Never heard of it until 2022. And they're all double vaxxed. You know, how do they say it? Double vaxxed and boosted or I'm triple vaccinated. It seems like the more, and there's data, that shows the triple vaccinated are having the worst health outcomes from this. And granted, the numbers, the stats, there's a number of different factors at play here. You could say, well, the oldest and most vulnerable were probably the most likely to get the most shots. That's true. 
Um, but there's a lot of people who are much uh, bigger geniuses. They're brilliant uh, statisticians and data folks. Ethical Skeptic is one of the big guys that I that I follow on Twitter at Ethical Skeptic, and uh, just a data genius. And they do controls for all that stuff. And you just see the fertility rate, the birth rate, the death rate. Everything is off by a sigma of six or seven, like a factor where it's like one in two hundred fifty quadrillion. That, that this is happening. So, I mean, remember it was a conspiracy theory that the COVID vaccine might cause fertility issues or menstrual issues? I just saw something the other day. 42% of women said that they had menstrual issues after getting vaccinated. You know, I, had a, I have a friend whose brother's wife was fully vaxxed, gave birth to a baby. Baby's nine months old, already has had COVID two times. Babies already had COVID two times? And you know, babies get sick a lot. I don't know if you know that. Babies get sick 12 or 14 times their first year, eight or 10 times their second year. And then as your body builds up antibodies, you get exposed to new bacteria and pathogens, you build up resiliency. How does a nine-month-old nine kid get COVID twice? I mean, it's this, these spiked proteins, folks. I mean, they've lied about so many things that we should halt all vaccines immediately. There's just from the side effects to the deaths to the lack of the, the lack of efficacy. They just don't work. They don't prevent you from getting it, spreading it, getting sick, go to the hospital or dying. That they used to be able to say, "Hey, it'll prevent you from hospitalizations or deaths." But you look, hospitalizations are through the roof. Deaths are going up. And any country, you have to go around the world to, you have to go to, even Iceland, like place I used to go to, like Iceland and Scotland, they stopped sharing critical data about the, you know, the number of cases for vaccinated versus unvaccinated because it made them look bad because they're the health agencies that recommended that everyone get the vax. So what do they want to admit? Oh, we might've poisoned you and your kids and grandma an accelerated or early demise? No, they're not going to do that. So it's a cover-up, man. That's why Fauci's out of here before Biden's thing. I think Fauci will try and get out of there, uh, especially if it's a big red tsunami, which I don't see how it, can, it can't be. Um, Mara Flores, canary in the coal mine here, awesome Latino Republican who just won a Democratic stronghold county that, you know, like Hillary won by like 25%. Like, they had that thing locked down. And that's, I'm really counting on uh, Latinos. They're not woke. The Latinos hate this woke shit. I'm telling you, I talk to a lot of them here in Austin. And uh, some of them will preference, I'm a Democrat, but I hate blank, blank, blank. And I'm hearing a lot of, a lot of that. Um, and Austin's a mostly Democrat city where they'll preface it by saying, I'm a Democrat or I'm a, I consider myself a liberal. But, and it's, crime, inflation, you know, you don't hear much about to fund the police these days, but now the big thing, and if you've seen on Twitter, um, and, and, and just across social media, it seems like this is the big month, July, 2022, when it's really coming to a head with the green new deal and the climate change where people are realizing the stupid folly of wind turbines, the stupid folly of solar panels, Michael Schellenberger, awesome guy, almost done with his book, Apocalypse Never. He's talking about the gigatons of toxic waste from these solar panels 
folks, I'm telling you, the worst thing about these turbines and the solar panels is they have a short lifespan. Wind turbines, 20 years at the most. So you got to replace the whole wind farm. We got 70,000 turbines, I think, in the United States, five times in the next 100 years. You know how much diesel fuel it takes just to get one of those freaking turbines from the factory out to the field? You ever seen it on the highway? There's like eight diesel powered vehicles. There's like, dude, wind turbines are almost a football. They're 125 feet long. They're huge, massive. I mean, just getting it around a curve is a giant stopping traffic thing. So you got the oversized load people, the actual people carrying it. Then you go out there and you got to dig it into the ground. And then, oh, by the way, they're just killing birds left and right, killing migratory bats left and right. And then after 20 years of their intermittent energy and totally disappearing when we need them most during a heat wave, then you got to take them down and replace them with another turbine that it's just created from fiberglass, stuff that can't be recycled. And the funniest thing, and I'll leave you with this, we're all coming up on an hour here. It's Blockbuster Teddy Roosevelt episode, one hour long, folks, giving you a super extra mega dose after my six-day hiatus, coming back with some, I hope you're enjoying this, tangent-fueled episode of the Teddy Roosevelt Show. We're all over here, folks, but there is a theme. Green New Agenda must be stopped because it's just a front to accelerate the Green New Agenda. They don't care about you we have to understand that there's going to be a tremendous amount of pain and suffering in Europe, especially this winter and in the United States, if people can't pay their bills and people have to decide between heating and eating. And this Green New Agenda is going to make everything worse. You're not even going to have to have money to go to the, and enjoy a national park um, because there's not going to be a, a, a financially responsible way to get you and your family out there. <laughs> so... Again, I encourage you folks, uh, uh, what was I going to leave it off with? Um, I forget what I was going to leave it off with. Check out the 1901 heat wave. Check out the 1936 heat wave. Um, let me see what else I was going to uh, land it out with here, folks. Um, I mean, the Europe, the EU today, the European Commission president said, Europe must drastically cut its use of natural gas immediately by 15% between now and springtime to prevent a major crisis as Russia slashes gas, gas exports. And Putin just said, hey, we haven't, we're, we're, we're not, we, we haven't even uh, confirmed that the part that we got back from Canada is in working condition and we're not sure it's going to get turned back on. If they have a potential full disruption of Russian gas, you're going to see a Sri Lanka. You're going to see Sri Lanka in places you'd never imagined it before. You're going to see places, uh, Sri Lanka storming the palace thing in like Berlin or London. Um, you're you're going to have people, if they get push comes to shove and all their neighbors are in the same position where they're stuck in their house and it's 60 degrees and everyone's covered with blankets and they're layered up and they're eating lentil soup and oatmeal, which, by the way, oatmeal's rising like crazy. Um, they're going to they're gonna riot. They're going to revolt because this Green New Agenda is going to... They, we're going to have to compromise our ways of life in so many ways that the negatives outweigh the positives by such a tremendous amount that I really think there's going to be uprising. And I really think that people's eyes are getting open right now to a the harms of the, of the vaccine and b the green new agenda the technology is just not ready 
And the thing that, you know, stand your ground. Let them know. You know what? I know way more Republicans that are campers and outdoors people, hunters, fishermen. What do you think the percentage of fishermen and hunters is Republican to Democrats? Just fishermen. I guarantee it's like 95 to 5. <laughs> Republicans to Democrats. Maybe 90 to 10, we'll say. You think they want, you know, you think they want like oil covered fish when they go to the lake or the river to go fishing? No, they want clean water. They want healthy fish. They want a healthy environment. They want healthy woods and parks to go camping and uh, to act like you hate the environment if you don't want to suffer and have your family suffer under this green new agenda, which is going to just destroy our way of life is just absolute folly. So folks, wrapping up, Baker's Dozen episode number 13, Teddy Roosevelt. I forget what I was going to end it on. I'm sort of angry at myself, but we covered a lot of ground here. Green New Agenda is a disaster. Klaus Schwab needs to get thrown in prison. If the greens, uh, if the big red tsunami happens, we need to put these people on trial. Rand Paul, J.D. Vance, some of these people, if they get in, um, Rand Paul's already in there. J.D. Vance, some of these people. We got to put these people on trial. We, we need accountability. We can't let them get away with this because they're going to keep doing it. And they're going to keep lying to us. So... Teddy Roosevelt, episode 13, coming at you from Austin, Texas, Wednesday, July 20th. Go to all the time. Go to teddyroosevelt.substack.com. Give me some comments. Give me some feedback. Do you like this episode? Do you not like this episode? Hit me up on Twitter. I'm back on there. Who knows how long? At underscore Teddy Roosevelt. Hit me up anytime there. Stream it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio. I think that's about it, folks. Signing off with a blockbuster, longest episode ever, 65 minutes. I'll be back again tomorrow or Friday, episode 14 in the next 48 hours. Y'all have a great evening. Teddy Roosevelt, signing off. Good night.